January evening, 2019. All right, it's not so beautiful. It's raining, but uh, it's, it's, it's a balmy 60 degrees outside, which uh, global warming is all a part of because the day before it was five below. So problems heading our way for the future, for our children. <laughs> it's bad news. Not all for over. you. You'll be dead by that time. Oh, I'll be long dead by then. I don't got to worry. But for my, my children, my children <laughs> memo. Um, you know, I worry about your daughter. And Memo, of course, is joining us. I spoiled the surprise. <laughs> our our longtime good friend Memo is finally yeah, back. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. Gentlemen. It's been too long. It's been too long. Uh, there was a ban on you for a while, so uh, <laughs> it's back. And then uh, tonight is the night that we uh, discuss. And that is why you are here. <laughs> I and, figured. Uh, yep, of course. Uh, that's why there was no uh, notice of what we were going to... Well, first of all, I've never given you a... Uh, 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 an agenda of what we were going to talk about anyway, so, you know, it's just the usual topic. Like you used to have that, remember? Changed. You used to have, back in the day... You used to have what? You had, like, the Bowie the Bowie thing, and then the oh, Os- well, Oscars. Oh, uh, well, sometimes I have a pattern, but, right. um, I mean, I still do once in a... It depends on what it is. Right. It's the Oscars right. or something like that, but... Nobody died. just a uh, regular... Well, there was a lot of deaths, but um, we've covered those already. Right, right. Anyway... Well, welcome to the show, everybody. I just abruptly turned off the uh, stuff because uh, it bothers me. Uh, I gave Memo the good headset today. Um, it's nice. Do you like it? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I can drink my I chai can, latte while I speak to I you. I can never tell whether the person's too loud or if I'm do You know, I, I want to be the loudest. That, don't I, worry about You know, that. I deserve it. So I don't know whether... Anyway, it doesn't matter. But you sound good. You sound perfect to me. Thank you. You're saying the headphones are a little... It's uh, fine. It's fine. It's all good. Well, something's obviously bothering you. Or maybe you're just getting old and you lost your hearing. <laughs> that could definitely be it. Mm. I am getting old. Well, just a few notes before we begin. February 19th is set the day after President's Day. The entire show is now set. It is now called The Dave Juskow, A Night at the Oscars. <laughs> with guest stars, Nikki Glazer, <laughs> Joe Mackey. Greer Barnes just added for a little color. And the vanilla, Ryan <laughs> Hamilton. And, of course, Matteo Lane and the rest. 
Everyone will be there February 19th, Tuesday night at the Village Underground for the big Oscar show, which is basically just a stand-up show. Oh, I was going to ask what um, what happens in it. Well, um, I'm coming up with that now. Got it. Mostly it's a stand-up uh, with those people. Are they Oscar jokes? No. Got it. It's just regular stand-up, but the theme will be the Oscars, which are coming up the Sunday after the show. Right. Right. So, you know, I'm always trying to come up with a theme, you know, the right. Christmas show and uh, the birthday show. So right. this one will be the Oscar show. And I will give my predictions uh, where people can make money. <laughs> um, and uh, then we will uh, actually I was going to talk to you. I'm going to have an in memoriam sec- in memorial. No, in memoriam section. So I was going to get there's a kid that I just met from the Disney Channel. Okay. Uh, I think his name is Jake Sculler or Jack Sculler. I just started texting him. Good-looking kid. He's like 22. He used to be like a Disney Channel Tinder? kid. Tinder? Is this what? Tinder? What? No, it is not Tinder. <laughs> You're literally, I just met a kid. I just started texting him. He's good-looking. He is good-looking, and he sings, and he's like a Disney kid. So I thought he would do the In Memoriam song, but then I'm like, well, wait a second. I got Mateo. So he's going to be furious if I let somebody else do But he plays the guitar and sings, so... It could be kind of fun to, you know, so we do that. But I figure if I just let Mateo sing Memories by Barbara Streisand, he's going to be thrilled. And then we have, I'm going to have a video presentation of all the people who died on stage that year. Oh, like the Oscars. Exactly. Right. But it'll be like David Tell died, Stress Factory, <laughs> November 27th to 28th. I like uh, that. You know, the pictures of, uh, right. stupid picture of them. And it'll, every other picture will be me <laughs> dying. <laughs> Uh, Dave Jaskow, Village Underground, uh, <laughs> August 13th, <laughs> like, right. but like a goofy picture. That's the plan. It's a stupid plan, but I think it'll be funny. It is funny. And, um, you know, I'll just have my friends on it so I don't insult anybody, you know. Right. Like, uh, you know, I wouldn't put Nikki Glazer up there, I'm not, but I'd put Rachel up there. Of course you would. I've been asked, I've been calling Rachel to see if she wanted to do the show because it's been like a while. Yeah. Um, and, and every time I call, I, I can't get in touch with her. She doesn't call me back. And or I just forget, and so I just filled it up anyway. She's busy with her husband, I guess. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a good show. Well, yeah, we'll all be there. I think it's a good show. It's um, it's a solid show. I think it's a solid show. When I, once Nikki Glazer came on board, I didn't need any. I could get whoever I want because I think she sells tickets and she's really, really good. Right. And so then I just I had Joe Mackey before, but I I just love the guy. I Joe don't Mackey's know. great. He's, He's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently Mateo does an amazing imitation. Of oh, that's the other thing. So I was going to have Mateo play Liza Minnelli. Like, she'll host the Oscars um, or, see. you know, whatever. Either she'll host or we'll always present, you know, I could do all the imitations. It'd be like, and now please welcome Liza Minnelli and Michael Caine. <laughs> and then we'll, that's how we'll introduce the next comics. Right, the okay. WDs for best comic ever <laughs> are Nikki Glazer for I Love Anal. Or whatever, you know, something like that. <laughs> right. um, so that'll be the plan. Um, so as you can see, it is an Oscar theme. Right. But then you just come on stage and everybody will just do uh, time. Jokes. Yeah. So I think I got a good. I got uh, one girl, one black, one white, and uh, like a crazy person. A Negro? You got a Negro? Is I got a Negro. A Negro's in Brooklyn. You might remember the uh, sequel to uh, Tree Grows in Brooklyn. <laughs> Uh, well, Greer is a really strong comic who I've only used for my uh, Big Brother show. And he was able to follow Seinfeld. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, after that because people needed a break after because it was, you know, he came by surprise. Do you, were you there for that I one? wasn't there for When was that? Uh, last May. Uh, so it was amazing. You know, he came on stage and I introduced him and it was wow. very exciting. The crowd went crazy. Like the Beatles were coming up <laughs> and somebody had to follow him and Greer did. And he was actually better. Like he was made like, <laughs> you mean you didn't do your Seinfeld impersonation afterwards? No, I did. Oh, okay. Even though they told me not to. <laughs> I think that's why I haven't been back. Right. Well, can you believe this? <laughs> you know who our next contestant is? is this guy, Greer. He's unbelievable. Why is he doing that? I don't know. Um, but I think Jerry's going to announce at the Oscars. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, well. Oh, is one of the announced? I see. <laughs> and now Jerry's like, the next guest is going to be unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know what I, I mean. I don't have any more. Well, now I can do all the. Now I can bring out the old. Please welcome from Planet of the Apes, Charlton Heston. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I can pull out all the old ones. Yeah, this is like your rich little moment. Yeah, it is, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be unbelievably bad. <laughs> but that's the way I like it. Um, so that is the plan. February 19th. I just put in today. Tickets are not on sale yet, but they will be soon. You I mean, even if, as long as we can get them on by February 1st, everything should go according to plan and hopefully get sold out. Okay. Um, because it's part of the hair fund. For, uh, for your hair. Exactly. Okay. You have to pay back the money it. you stole from the pool. Is that what happened? I already did that. <laughs> that right. was difficult. Got it. As long as we can contribute in some way, we're happy to help. Thank you. Um, also, last night, I went to the Nets game. That's right. And it, it was, it, it's, this is so classic. I went with Lee Maracas, and he was late because his plane was delayed in Boston. He travels all over. And so I just went on my own for the first quarter. He got there in the second quarter. But it couldn't – I don't know which part to describe first, but it was Pride Night. <laughs> exactly. Now, for Lee, like, I've said this on stage even, and maybe I even used it on the podcast. I mean, Lee, we're from a generation, and I've talked about this before, where we just call each other gay, and we find ways to call each other gay. And I told you when I was at Gary Shandling's house, him and I think Kevin Elon were doing it, and that's when I realized because we thought we were too old to do it, but then when I realized they were sixty and still doing it. I realized it'll never end. That's what guys do. They just call each other gay. Well, not millennials, but... That's what I'm trying to get at, (laughs) is that this is what we do, and we don't think anything of it. And so (laughs) Lee has been doing this for decades. The night before, and he didn't know it was Pride Day there, he sent me and his wife a a, a G+. And then a picture... He finds new ways to call you gay. And then a picture of Fat Albert. And both of us were like, Lee, enough. We don't even know what the fuck that means. Like, hey, hey, hey. Gay, gay, gay. 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 Right. You figured it out right yeah, away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. That's so funny. I had no idea what it was. And then when he told us what it was, I'm like, God damn, this guy is good. He always finds, like, he'll have, he'll do rebuses. Right. So he'll have a picture of a, a rake or a hoe. And then a picture of the Three Stooges with Mo. <laughs> and then that's it. So this is what we've been doing since high school. Right. And and the funny thing is when we and so I couldn't even believe it was Pride Night that I was there and that Lee was missing it. <laughs> like I was like, what did that You're entail? You're not believe it. This towel. Oh, look at that, that. multicolored towel from the net. Wow, that is a classic. Uh, two gay guys doing the national anthem from American Idol. Some couple, uh, you know, 
uh, uh, Ariana Grande's brother dancing around. I think he's homosexual. <laughs> they, you know, or the, they, this this was in Jersey then. That's no, the, it's in Brooklyn. Oh, the Brooklyn Nets, right? I was thinking of your your cousin that owns. Never mind the Devils, right? Yeah, that's totally different. Um, so, so yeah, so I was I couldn't believe it was a you know we just keep laughing. So we're laughing though. So they bring up the two gay guys to sing that. I'm like, oh geez, here we go. Now. The, so the people next to me were getting angry because I was mocking it. <laughs> and it's funny because Lee and I, in the car on the way back, we were saying, you know, it's funny that we were making fun, but we've never been homophobic. Right. We, you know, we've been good with gay people forever, right. uh, you know, from early on in high school, like I always said my drama teacher took us to see Torch Song Trilogy when we, me and Lawrence, when right. we were 16. Right. You know, so we're that Harvey Firestein thing where he's, you know, it's all about, okay, we, we didn't care. We didn't say, ah, you fag, you know, where he, I mean, we say that, but we don't <laughs> right. mean it that way. Right. So it drives me and him crazy when people are angry when we're, first of all, it's not a goddamn basketball game. So you <laughs> really, it's not necessary to be, to do gay stuff there. <laughs> But again, we don't care. But if we want to make fun, fuck you. You know, like, and we know millennials are angry about that. But I'm sorry that it's all in our face now. Now, this is an old man thing. (laughs) I was talking to my sister about it today. She goes, yeah, fuck that. You know, it's a fucking basketball game. I mean, what? I'm just picturing all our dads. Maybe not yours, but I mean, all our dads. What the fuck is this? You know, I mean, can you imagine... The Mets having a day like that, which they will now, but it's just, I mean, it's really something we couldn't have imagined happening 20 years ago when they're serving Schaefer beer at the Mets game, you know, and you're smoking cigarettes there and everything, and it's just all boys and there's no good-looking women. Right. And um, it's just, I just can't believe, you know, if people think we haven't progressed, they would be mistaken. (laughs) And they're just looking at it the wrong way. Right. There is definitely progression. Now, there's definitely... This, you know, Trump has made things a little bit more difficult, maybe, <laughs> but there's definitely progression. I mean, the fact that the Nets have a Pride Night is amazing. The fact that football does a breast cancer awareness month. Right. I mean, these are things we could not have predicted 20 years ago. And but it's so amazing. And when you think about somebody like an Alan Klein, who we talk to about all the time, <clears throat> who started a lot of these movements. And I always feel bad for him because I I think like somebody like Mateo, and we talk about this all the time, who is openly gay and does openly gay comedy about being gay right? and probably doesn't kind of – I'm not saying that he doesn't. We haven't talked about it. But I wonder if he has the respect – for people before him, like gay comics, like a Jim David who was gay, you know, way before, or right. Rick Chrome, who was gay but really couldn't be gay on stage, right. had to kind of allude to it, like Paul Lynn or something. I wonder if they appreciate the people that came before them and kind of set it up so somebody like Mateo never has to worry about being on Instagram with his husband or boyfriend or something <laughs> right. like that you know it just i think i think they do i maybe in a few generations they'll forget about that but it's still recent enough that i think like people that are in their 20s and 30s are very aware of the trailblazers that have i always talk about before. i took sarah silverman on our first date to see three funny gay males <laughs> <laughs> i think that set the tone for our relationship <laughs> why is he taking me to see this <laughs> 
if he's trying to get in my pants, I don't think this is the way to do it. <laughs> oh my God, don't you love these guys? They're so funny. Sarah, they're so funny. Exactly. Um, so what happened to you? Did they? Was there any altercation there with the millennials that were mad at you? Or? No, no, no. It's just funny, like, the stuff we wanted to say, we were holding inside. Right. You know? Like, we just want to have a good podcasts. time. Well, I didn't say anything bad. I'm just saying it's just, um, you know, we want to just go, you, know, it's just, you just can't do it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Fag. <laughs> like, whatever. You, can't, you can't say that anymore. And I, right. I love saying that word, and I like saying, you know, whatever. I don't know. No, society is uh, judgmental, and yeah, it's not going to. Doesn't fly. Those, day, those days are gone. They're never coming back. I wish they would. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I wish people weren't as uptight in general. But they're that's it's getting out of control. It's just people the uh, the thing like that thing that happened to that poor kid and that you know with the Make America Great and that Indian. Oh, that is such a contentious issue. I mean, that is like literally everybody. You know, so I saw the kid on the Today Show with Savannah Guthrie. And he seems like a a lovely kid, very bright. Everything he was saying was perfect, but he didn't blink. So it (laughs) makes him look creepy and scary. And if you don't, because he's wearing the Make America Great Again guy, even though he's a Catholic kid. Was he wearing it on the show? No, he was not wearing it on the show. But when you know that he's clearly a Trump supporter, it makes him look extra creepy. Right. Which he's probably not. And what was he supposed to do? Now, it's funny. (laughs) Lee and I were talking about this. Lee, the other day was in the subway, and he was looking at a poster for Game of Thrones, but some big black guy thought he was looking at him <laughs> and had an altercation with him. And you know Lee. I mean, he's right. the quietest, nicest person. Right. He clearly wasn't eyeing down this big black guy. <laughs> the black guy dropped his bag and pushed Lee. Jesus. And Lee doesn't know what to do because in this day and age, any movement like right. this kid... Any movement, right. if somebody happens to be taping, if right. there's cameras above, right. he's probably not even thinking about that, right. can be construed as a hostile gesture, right. especially with a white businessman right. to this black guy. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, he told me, this big other black guy came in between them and waited for the other guy to leave because he saw the whole thing happen and knew it wasn't Lee's fault. Oh, wow. So he got lucky. Right. But right. when I was at the Joan Jett concert and I got into a fight with this guy <laughs> last week, or last week, last summer, um, and I've talked about this on the show already, we got into an altercation and I immediately put my hands behind my back <laughs> and I thought he was going to punch me and I was ready to take the punch. Right. But there would be, everybody was around watching, but there <laughs> everybody would know I did nothing. Right. I had my hands behind my back. So there is no way I could get in trouble. Right. Unless somebody was recording audio, I could be like, hey, you fat fuck. You know, I could say all that stuff. <laughs> but my if my hands are behind my back, which I'm gesturing to you now, um, I didn't have anything to do with it. That guy punched me out of nowhere. So that's my move now. I put my hands behind my back. That's if they make move. the move and it's on tape, that's their problem. Yeah. Meanwhile, I didn't say anything. This guy, this guy was out of his mind. He was in our seats. And it was just like... You know, move, and then he was. They were being problematic, and they knew they were, and I knew they were, and everybody else. And that was when um, the girl from the roller derby, her husband, came up and goes, "We know when my wife gets back from the bathroom, she's gonna, you're gonna have trouble, <laughs> Mister." And she's like, "Really tiny, it's a uh, lady speed stick." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it was really funny. <laughs> uh, so she saved us from uh, harm, but he Horowitz had my back, which was good. Right, right. Um, 
All right, let's get down to you and me. <laughs> Why now, <laughs> as everyone knows, and we've talked about it on this podcast. Who's everyone? Everyone who listens to my podcast. I had umbrage with you. Now, everybody <laughs> knows what happened. Now, you somehow destroyed, clearly, on purpose, <laughs> uh, a tape of puppet pics. Now, we went and we filmed three... Really great episodes, even yeah, with a woman. I, I think if the woman wasn't involved, it wouldn't have been. I'm like, oh, now we got a girl in our thing. You know, I know, like, I it know. It was exciting it that we me. actually had a girl. And the tape, something happened. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty simple. And but. I blamed you heavily because I don't understand. This is your job to make sure it doesn't happen. Now, you told me mm-hmm. this happens often. No, no, I didn't say often. I just said it happens. It's not. Well, I've never seen it happen in this day and age when you have it on a drive. And it's not the first time it's happened when we're doing puppet picks in the time that you forgot to put a. a well, thing that was different. That was literally different, we didn't know it was recording. But it seems like Memo's not on his game when it comes to puppet picks, no. which again is even fine. Jeez. But here's the problem that I had, and which I can't understand how you don't understand. You wrote me an email and you were not apologetic you said i know this is your whole world and this is you were being sarcastic right but if you know that it bothers me so much how could you not understand how much that would hurt me we've known each other for too Uh, long for you to know that that was an absolutely (laughs) devastating thing for me so there's so many reasons for one the analness of trying to put something together every week number one i get it number two just like yes okay I look forward to puppet pics. On this show, people understand how much I love puppet pics, no matter how many non-views we get. I just enjoy puppets and puppet pics, which I explained I, on the show. We totally get How can get it. you not understand and be a little bit more sympathetic <coughs> to, to my problem? Um, well, because I was sympathetic to your problem. Um, the minute you, I mean, anybody that knows you, any one of your friends who has remained your friend inexplicably for whatever amount of years, knows that, like, if that happened to them, right? Like, they have, we had, I had the footage, I put the card in, I, and I'm like, whoa, what's going on? And I start trying to figure out why I'm not seeing any files. Our first question, our first thought right away is Jessica's going to be pissed and ripped shit, right? Like, we know that already. So we're already panicking. We already know we have to deal with your craziness. Even though nothing's even happened yet, I'm still trying to figure it out. But I already knew that. So before I even sent you an email, you know, it's it's kind of the same question. How do you not know that I've already gone through like 4,000 things to try to make sure I'm not crazy, the files really are gone? I mean, I spent two days trying to recover those files. So by the time I'm telling you, I'm sending you that first email of like, uh, guess what's going on? I can't get the files back. I've already done all that, right? And your first response was such a dickish response, like already you were insulting me, that I was just like, all right, well, whatever. Like, what can I do? Like, I, my first response wasn't being sarcastic or flippant or about it. I was like, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to figure out everything that's happening. Uh, I, I can't find the files. I'm not sure why. Right now I'm running recovery. That was like my first email. But right away you were like, you don't know your job. Well, how could you, how could you, you're, I mean, it was just like a barrage of insults. So yeah, at that point we're like, well, fuck him. Like I, what am I supposed to do? Not react to that kind of attack? Like, of course I was like, okay, well I'm trying, but you know, I'm not going to feel sympathetic when I'm being attacked. So I kept trying. I mean, I, I did not sabotage that. I've got the card. I have no idea what happened, but like, 
I can't get those files back. And it was, you know, it was driving me crazy. But, like, they do happen. It ha- it's happened on shoots at Sesame where, like, some guy, you know, some the DP shoots and then they have the card and they copy the files. And then a week later, we're going through the media and we're like, there's nothing here. Why does that happen? <laughs> it happens. In this day and age, that should never happen. What's a computer? I can understand when there's film or video. <laughs> I mean, this is digital. How can it get lost like that? It's Sesame Street. You guys, you're a professional operation. I know, but it happens to everybody. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot, but it happens. Like, it happens, and people will run data recovery, and sometimes they get the stuff back. It happened to me on a shoot where we were filming a bunch of – we had Alan Alda and Werner Herzog and all these people. And the guy – I mean, this was an obvious mistake, but the guy um, – we had just finished recording, and they gave him the cars, and he handed them what he thought were the blank ones, but he actually handed back the ones they had just given him. So the two cameras started rolling over the material. over that footage, right? But that's a human and, error. Right. It was a human error, but, um, but he realized right away, and we had stopped – and then we're like, oh, shit, we just lost the interviews of these like famous people. Oh. And he was able to recover most of the Why files. Why isn't that guy fired? Well, I, he was just a hired guy for the day. Like, he's not. Oh, so he did get fired, technically. Well, I mean, I didn't hire him back, but like. Oh, you did the hiring of that guy? I, I hired a crew. I hired a guy who has a crew, and that was part of his crew. So, I mean, the point is, like, it does happen. You know, it sucks. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. So, like. You know, I felt terrible, and I was panicking, and I tried everything I tried in the past, and like it's not like you were involved too. You spent a lot of time, like you know, well, right, that day. We right. came, was that the day we came in on a Sunday? No, it was a Friday night. It was a Friday night, right? Friday night, right? Well, exactly. So, do you really think, like, if you had thought for a second before, like, just firing off like angry text messages, like, do you really think that I wouldn't take it as seriously as possible and try to do everything in my power to make it work before? Yes, I did think that. Right. Because it, had, because, because it had happened before where you forgot to put in... I think if that didn't happen, <laughs> I think I would have been a little bit more sympathetic. Right. But, you know, it's also because you guys came up with the idea to do Puppet Pits. Yeah, we loved it. And we, and, we had a great time. We yeah, totally enjoyed it. And, and, and I think that's what had to do with it, too. And... um. You know, it, and and it 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 broke me. I, <laughs> I know. I, it's I know. all I had going on. <laughs> I we I and, get it. Uh, I totally get it. I totally you know, get it. I was it. just looking forward to it all the time, and I was enjoying doing it. And I, right, I, I don't, you know, it's just it was um, devastating. So I was really upset, and I'm like, I don't think I could ever work with him again <laughs> because he just keeps messing up because of the because of the forgetting to put the card in and this right but and so i think somebody even said do you know somebody that knows and i'm like i don't know whether i can recommend him anymore because <laughs> I, I don't know what he's doing i don't understand then ironically you mentioned it um i was listening to gilbert godfrey's podcast and i heard um this Put a mask on. If that's my discharge, give it to me straight. I can take it. I have a message. Lieutenant Colonel Henry Blake's plane was shot down over the Sea of Japan. It spun in. There were no survivors. 
Now, in that classic scene... <laughs> Wait, what is that? What does that have to... You don't know what that is? <laughs> no, I... You don't know all that dialogue? No, I don't. Oh, that's I... so funny. I know it by heart before there was YouTube or anything. I mean, that is... <laughs> The legendary scene from MASH where they kill off Henry Blake. Oh, okay. And 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 it's a known fact before there was DVD <laughs> commentary or anything that the crew, the cast, did not know that was going to happen. Okay. And they did not know that that's how, I, I don't know, they were placed there and they're like, Radar's going to come in with a message. He was obviously the only one that knew at the time when he got the script. Right. Gave, oh, and Gary played it perfectly. I'll never forget. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, he played it. What a fucking idiot that guy is, right? So, but I remember because... I even bonded with uh, this guy Blaine Capatch, who's a you know a good writer and comedian now. Like people know who he is. That's how we became friends because we we knew this dialogue by heart. Like Radar, put a mascot. Like we knew all the lines. Like everybody's playing. It's fun in. There were no survivors. We we did that you know before there was just reruns and there, you didn't have this opportunity. We just knew right. that because it was if you were a Mesh fan or if you were a kid and because it was on Saturday nights. I mean it was it was uh, what do you call it? Um, like a surprise. Right. It was this major surprise that nobody saw coming. It wasn't in the TV guide. Right, it wasn't right. anything. Right. Henry, but we knew McLean Stevenson, who was the biggest douche on the planet for leaving that show in the first place. And then I've even played clips of him being a complete douche and right. what a loser. Cause he didn't want to be second banana. What an asshole. We never heard from again. Hello, Larry. <laughs> um, so this guy leaves and we all know he's leaving. So everybody's watching. Cause they're, you know, you're going to see how he leaves and he leaves in the helicopter and, and he leaves. And um, nobody expected this scene when you were watching TV right. first run. Right. Uh, whatever year that was, 70-something. And so it was a shocking scene. And people were talking about it for years because it was shocking. Right. Like, why kill him off? But that was great because the writers were like, fuck him. We're not bringing him back ever. <laughs> fuck him. Right. So it was a real good fuck you to McLean Stevens, which I like, which I don't even know if that was their motive, but how could it not be? Right, right. How could it not be? He was like, you know, ruining the show because, right. you know, he was a fun character. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm waiting to see how this right? <laughs> comes back. So Alan Alda's on the Gilbert Godfrey show, which is an amazing episode. And Alan Alda, as you know, is just the greatest you know. Yeah, he's, he's the awesome. most awesome person. I've never met him, but who I don't know who doesn't like Alan Alda, but that would be no one. I mean, unless you're an asshole. No, he's super nice. I've heard he's nice in person. We obviously worship his acting because that's why he's in stuff, and that's why he's moved on. And, I mean, he could have just done Crimes and Misdemeanors, and that could have been alone, let alone MASH, you know? He also stayed with the show, and he had right. so much to do with the show. Alan Alda is a great guy. He's on the podcast. He's talking, and he's talking about that scene because Frank Santa Padre is not going to let that go because Frank Santa Padre is the coolest, and he knows what, what I know, which <laughs> is why I love Frank Santa Padre. Right. So he says, what's up with that scene? You know, he said they're talking about the scene and he goes, well, it's interesting. Nobody knew, you know, what was happening. And we did it in one take and, and people were shocked and they handled it really well. And the tape got ruined. Now, I've never heard that part of the story. Everyone says nobody knew what was going to happen. They've never said the tape got ruined and they had to do it again. Uh-huh. And then I said, I have to forgive Memo. <laughs> because of MASH? Yep. I was driving down to see my mother in the car listening to the podcast, and I'm like, if this happens to such an iconic scene that's in my head, even though it was the 70s and it was easier for film to get damaged, right. then I have to forgive Memo. Because if they... Because that was... That was a plan. So, like, so we the, want to make sure that no one knows we want people's real reactions. Right. 
So the scene you it. saw is actually recreated stage thing. Right? Just found out <laughs> two hilarious. three weeks ago. Whenever I called you to say, "Can you?" Right. Let's let we need to talk. <laughs> right. That was when I heard that <laughs> thing. Isn't that the funniest thing of all That's time? Hilarious. And I'm like, you know, I guess this happened. I guess this happened. <laughs> it took this to realize <laughs> it wasn't your fault, even okay. though you told me you put it in a glass of water. I knew you were kidding. <laughs> yeah. So how fucked up is that? That's... How fucked up am I in <laughs> yeah. my head that it took that Alan Alda saying that? Well, I was gonna. Say, it's like being idol. there. It's like you're, the only way to reach you is through television. So like, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'll just keep that in mind next time. But no, that's. I said if Alan Alda <laughs> says he's okay, I guess he's all right then. That was, in my mind, Alan Alda just said, you know, you got to forgive Memo. That's what he was saying on the podcast. <laughs> I like Alan Alda. Everybody loves Alan Alda. Alan Alda is the fucking greatest. Did I tell you and when he just from Crimes and Misdemeanors alone? <laughs> did I tell you when he like because like I filmed him a few times and like he does these vocal exercises with a straw. He does. But before like he goes on camera, he's sucking on this straw That's weird. and doing these weird like singing. I don't I don't really know what he's doing and Why it's really weird. That? I don't know. I guess for his diction or something. I don't know. Diction. <laughs> anyway, it's fascinating to see this guy that you like. You know, idolize and have and have the most respect just sucking on a straw and making funny noises. But yeah, we just um, uh, we played this the other day, and I could just play it a hundred times over. I love New York. I was born in that building right there, <laughs> behind the the guy, uh, the statue there, the guy in the pedestal. <laughs> I love New York. It's like a, it's like thousands of uh, straight lines just looking for a punchline, you know. And what makes New York such a funny place is that there's so much tension and pain and misery and craziness here, and they got that's the first part of comedy. But see, you got to get some distance from it. You know what I mean? That the main, the thing to remember about comedy is if it's if it bends, it's funny. If it breaks, it's not funny. So you got to get back from the pain. You see what I mean? But the, the uh, like they said, they asked me up in uh, uh, at Harvard. A bunch of kids asked me, what, "What's comedy?" So I said, and then this this is part of what I'm trying to say about getting back from it. They, I, I said, "Comedy is tragedy plus time." Tragedy plus time. See, when the night Lincoln was shot, you couldn't joke about it. You couldn't make a joke about that. He just couldn't do it. Now time has gone by, and now it's fair game. Here's the best part. <laughs> See what I mean? We're, we're it's tragedy out. plus time. Okay, we're out. That's it? So fast? I shut up ten rolls on your first question. <laughs> Uh, the, I, I can see me doing that, and you say, oh, we're out. I, I shut up 10 rules on your first question. That scene is so amazing for so many reasons. Alan Alda, Alan Alda, we just said, greatest guy. So how great of an actor is this guy playing a complete pretentious douchebag, right. doing it so subtly and yet not subtly? Right. So he's already being so – a couple guys at Harvard asked me, you know what I mean? <laughs> Everything he's saying is a douchebag move. And the funny thing is because of Woody Allen's writing – there's so much truth to it. Right. It's true. Tragedy plus time does equal comedy. He's right about Lincoln. It, it takes time. <laughs> right. Whereas what a tell then can write a joke when you jizz in a girl's ear, it's called a Lincoln. <laughs> you know, like, with, like a, on the side of her head. I mean, it's, it's, it's all, that's what makes that scene so amazing. Right. Let alone when. He's talking, and then they just cut to Woody Allen making a face while he's filming. Well, that's oh, right. Jesus. <laughs> that's the part you don't see on the podcast. Yeah, you don't see it on the podcast, that's... but uh, I could just listen to him talk. Alan Alda. You can just listen to his voice. I remember I saw um, The Apple Tree, which was one of the first plays I think he was ever in on Broadway. I saw it with Kristen Chenoweth and somebody else. And at there Harvard. was a voiceover. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple guys up at Harvard. <laughs> and, he, and the voiceover was Alan Alda because he... 
originated the role. I see. And it was so soothing and great hearing his voice. You know, you know his voice. Right, right. And uh, he's so cool. And he's got so... So on the Gilbert podcast, he was talking about Sarah Silverman <laughs> on his podcast was on... Because I told Sarah about the Alan Alda was talking to you about Gilbert. I thought it was on Howard, but I was mistaken. How she... Because uh, she is so smart. Um, she found this guy on Twitter who was calling her a cunt and being like, you're a fucking, you don't know shit, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and she was like, hey, man, are you having issues? You know, whatever. And she like, <clears throat> in talking to him, turned him around, found out he had a problem, uh, sent, got him help. Wow. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> That's what she does in her kind of pretentious way in many ways. Uh, she's still really smart at handling stuff. She's always just been... Smarter than the rest of us somehow, whatever her political views are. Uh, you know, they're not like mine. They're more like yours. But <laughs> They are. But they're, you know, but she's smart. And the way she tries to get people over to her side, which is why her show was actually kind of good. Yeah, I dug it's it. It's not in your face. Right. She does it in a very subtle way. Not like, what? How could you like Trump? You know, right. not like that. Right. More like, yeah, but don't you see that maybe there's a way, you know, or something right. like that. She... It was very smart. She was very upset that the show got canceled. Oh, I was going to ask. It, it got did? canceled. Yeah, she wow. liked doing the show a lot. Yeah, uh, but I guess. Um, but like, why would care. Hulu cancel that? Like, I don't know. Like, what do they it's got going question. for themselves? Nothing. And I, mean, I think I don't think the show costs very much, very yeah, much money. I don't get. And so uh, weird. it seems like you would want a big star like that on your <clears throat> network. But, yeah. Um, and she is a big star. I mean, you know that. Wreck-It Ralph is making a fortune at the box office. I mean, even though it's just a cartoon, I mean, she's the star. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's a star. Yeah, I don't know. Plus, she's just... Think about how long she's been around. She's been, like, kind of a star for, like, 20 years. Yeah. and But a comedian still always first, like Joan Rivers. Right. You know, like, but she also does other things. Right. I yeah. No, I've, I'm impressed with her, her stuff. Anyway, with you and me... Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I apologize. Know. Thank you, but I I just didn't understand how you couldn't. And then you never called again or anything, and you never wanted to talk to me. I know I left those horrible messages on your machine, but you know, besides <laughs> <Yeah>. that, <laughs> I should I should have saved them. I could have played them right now. Hey, you fucking prick! <laughs> <laughs> I left the same messages on your machine that my bookie used to leave on mine when he was looking for money. <laughs> Casper, you fucking piece of shit! I'm gonna fuck you up. I was so upset, Memo. I know. I was like I know. so upset. I I don't even know. I get it. You have nothing going so- on in your life, and Puppet Picks was literally what you lived for. And and then we just have. I killed the thing that you were looking forward to for that month. That's I, all I had. I mean, I get it. I get it. But right. But like you say, it, it when you take a step back, that's insane. That's crazy. Is but, it? <laughs> yeah. if you have nothing else in your life. I know, but you do. What? what? What's going on? What's go- you've got? You still doing the shows? You're still doing the live shows? You. I don't know. Maybe you don't have anything else going on. <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, now, um, so you haven't seen my office at work. Right. You're like a big shot now. now I'm yeah. a big shot. Now I don't have time to even put together this <laughs> podcast anymore. It's horrible. I, wow. I'm actually busy with work stuff. Right. But they got rid of the, the COO left. So now I can actually goof off again. Oh. Because uh, she's not on my case anymore. It's beautiful. I mean, I loved her. Right. But um, she's not bothering me anymore. So now I can do whatever I want, you know. Back to, you know, coming in late and leaving early. Oh, but, okay. But I'm, not, but I'm still doing a lot of work 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 right but you got to hand it to them it's kind of brilliant that they were like what how are we what are we going to do with jessica like how do we deal with this guy and eventually somebody had the great idea it's like let's give him more responsibility <laughs> i know and like it's, it's so crazy it just might work you never met her right <laughs> no this girl marina 
Yeah, she's pretty cool. And it turns out she knew like one of my comedy friends. Like she used to work with him. This guy oh. Eric Deskin, who's a great guy. <laughs> right. Uh, he's an actor too. And it's just she was really nice. And then you know it's funny. I was friendly with her kids. She would invite me over for dinner. I mean, she came into our lives, and just we all became like obsessed with her and very fast friends and very close, especially Caitlin. Um, the COO. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. And then she left, just like I told her, and I think I described on the podcast, that she would because of an old Mary Tyler Moore episode that I told her the first day I met her. <laughs> I'm like, you remind me of this old Mary Tyler Moore episode where this guy came in, Richard Mazur, to fix the ratings, and then he raised it a point, I mean, long story short, and then he left. Right. And they're like, why are you leaving? We like you now, even though we hated you at first because you were making horrible, you know, you were firing people that we liked. Right. And he's like, well, I think this is all I can do with this small station. <laughs> That's what she did with our office, I think. <laughs> um, anyway, so I got this office, right? So I used to sit in the middle, mostly in the reception area, you know, right. in the center. You've been to the office before, Sure. Right? So it's basically in the reception area, you know, like just where any, any – Girl that would walk by, I'm like, hey, you doing? You know, like seriously, and and you know it's true. I'm right. not even exaggerating. No, I, I remember anybody that walked by, like, what are you doing? You're a little late today, huh? You know, I was that guy. <laughs> but now I have my office, and now I'm running around. The reason why I played the Brady Bunch thing up front is because I'm like, I am running around to if I have to print something. I was making the Super Bowl boxes, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have to now. I have to travel so far to go to the printer. Right. I feel like when Marsha got the attic. In the Brady Bunch, remember Marsha and Greg were competing for the attic, right? And Marsha ended up getting it, but Bobby and Peter wanted Greg to have it, so they were making it so difficult for Marsha to get the one phone they have downstairs in the house. Right. And they had their friends call and be like, "Yeah, it's your friend Katie." And then she had to come all the way down from <laughs> right. the attic, down the one set of stairs, down the second set of stairs. And by the time she got to the phone, they'd hang up. Hello, Katie. Hello. Hello, and then Peter's just sitting there reading the paper where you know something. So why is a 13-year-old reading right, the paper right. in his pajamas, you know? And uh, and she doesn't know anything's up. And it's like that. I have to keep running down, and by the time I get to the printer, somebody's already taken it and be like, why is this Super Bowl stuff in here? And I'm huffing and puffing. I'm totally out of shape, there's no other. There's no other printer. No, I need to tell them to put one in my office. So, But right now, the printer is really far, where I've been actually getting a workout Right, but uh, it was running because I didn't want people to, uh, you know, take my Super Bowl stuff. Yeah, right. meanwhile, I mean, everybody knows that I'm doing the Super Bowl stuff, but right. you know, I have to print it at a special printer, and I have to run <laughs> around like Marsha Brady. Now it's horrible, uh, just horrible. That you, you, what about your? Don't you don't have an assistant yet? You need to get an assistant to do all that kind of work. Uh, yeah, I do. Oh. Um, but I mean, I could, but I I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> so I, I mean, there are people that I could totally say, "Can you pick this up?" But I right. I, I can't. I can't be that guy. No, nope. I was that guy. So it's going to take a long time. And finally acclimating myself to where I'm giving my staff work. Because right. remember, I was part of the staff. So it was very difficult transition. Yeah. But now I'm okay. And I don't mind. I'm like, can you do this? Can you do that? I feel better now. Because it was such so strange. Right. But now I'm like, hey, just do this. I got other stuff going on. <laughs> if I don't do this Super Bowl thing, it's not going to fill itself. <laughs> the boxes aren't going to fill themselves. It's a it's a weird situation. It's to be so in. strange, and now I'm part of like the managers' meetings, right. I, I, and uh, the guy, one of the the attorneys, one of the attorneys is in charge of me, and this other girl's in charge of the secretaries, which are now called practice assistants. They changed everybody's. T- this uh. one COO came and changed everybody's titles for the 21st century. <laughs> uh, the, no more secretaries. They're now practice, called practice assistants. That's a new one. I've never heard of that. Yeah, and I well, that's why you know it's ridiculous. I still call them. 
you know, chicks. <laughs> right. Because uh, it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, it's funny. There's no male secretary. I was like the only male secretary I ever met. I don't know. I've never met another male secretary in my whole life except gay guys. Right. Never a straight man. You know, right. Except, and remember, I was. I think that was before I met you when I had my other job. I was a male secretary, and his kids would mock me. And they're like, you're a guy, and you're a secretary. I'm like, yeah, thanks a lot, you fucking asshole. Meanwhile, one of them is in the pool. Um, is Richie the Bull. Oh. That guy, yeah, and he's, now he's in the pool. And he, you know, he's older. He's got a kid now, and he lives in Israel. He was a kid? A yeah, he was a kid. I see. He was like 13, and he was, he was mocking me. Uh, but it turned out those kids are okay, you know. And uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, Oh, so now I take I take the minutes at the meetings because I'm trying to get in good because I have such a horrible reputation of trying to make it better. Right. Um, um, so you're still a secretary. I know, right? <laughs> I, was, I was like, well, I'll take. It's just like you know, the guy was like, "You'd be show a lot if you took the minutes." And I'm like, all right, <laughs> fine, I'll do the minutes. But I don't really mind. I don't know why. I like it. Then you type them all up. Yeah. Email them out. Yeah, I like doing. I, I don't know. You know, I, I always liked my job. I like the work. Do you um now I'm I just don't have as much free time as I used well, to. Well that's what I was gonna say. But I should, but I just I've been going out. I've been like kind of partying. Oh that's that's the reason. It's not like uh I, I can stay after and do the work. Right. I was waiting to have an office so I could do my personal work there. Right. Uh nobody can see what's on my screen anymore or anything, you know. Right. And, right. Um oh I got that Photoshop keyboard. Oh you did? Yeah, I got a Photoshop one instead of the uh Avid one. Oh, you mean Premiere? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, like you, the colored keyboard. So you do it from your not a black key, you know, colored. <laughs> when I say colored, I'm not. I'm I, not using the derogatory. No, I understand. Oh, do you? Yeah, a Negro keyboard. I get it. Um, it's a spit take. <laughs> hey, have you seen any movies? Speaking uh, of the Oscar show, I've seen a couple. I saw uh, Roma. I love. Oh, you that. saw that? That was, was it. Was amazing. That's Italian, not Mexican, right? No, but no, it's, it's by your Mexican director. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is Mexican. Is that why you saw it? You love that guy. Yeah, What's I, his name? Alfonso Cuarón. Cuarón. Yeah. Now. Did he? He's not the one who won for Gravity. He made Gravity. He got a du- best director. Oh, he did, win but he best didn't get director. best picture. Right, right, right. But he won best director. I okay, think that so. is the guy. Yeah, he did the Children of and Men. And who's the guy that did Shape of Water? Oh no, that's the fat guy, Guillermo del Toro. Geek. Yeah. Uh, so there's two hot Mexican directors. No, the, the the other guy is the guy that's won two Oscars. Right. Does this Inuritu. make you jealous? Um. Nah. I mean, do you still have hope <laughs> in directing an Oscar-winning movie? I've never had hope in directing an Oscar-winning movie, but Why? I'd like to make films. Why don't you think that way? Um, well, your movies are weird. Yeah, because anyway. I never expected my movies to be some Oscars, um, whatever. Well, your scripting, you, you know, your dialogue is too difficult for anybody to memorize. <laughs> it's totally, um, yeah. Well, I, so I'm going to see that Rome, obviously. So I get all the, you know, the SAG movies. I got Bohemian Rhapsody right here. Right. I right. have not seen that, but I saw Vice the other day. Oh, right. Did you like that? Was it good? I I liked it because um, it was done so interestingly. It's comedy. Right. Um, and the way it's done is fun. <laughs> Right, and, right. Uh, but Amy Adams should not be nominated for that. It's pathetic. Um, if they want to talk about diversity in the Oscars and nominate anybody, don't nominate the girl who plays Dick Cheney's wife. You know, the most white right. movie ever, which is probably the easiest role for anybody to play. I think Amy Adams is great, yeah. and I like her, but this isn't the role right. to win or be nominated. It's like when Rachel McAdams was nominated for Spotlight. I'm like, are you kidding? Right. This is where you put your black person in. When they were complaining <laughs> that year, right. that was the year they were complaining. I'm like, there's the slot. <laughs> right. Pick a black person and put them in. <laughs> Rachel McAdams should not have been nominated. She wasn't good enough. Right. And I do like her, but this isn't this isn't the vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, Christian Bale, I just voted uh, for the SAG Awards. Now, Christian Bale... Who's always good and you know amazing? 
I didn't like him that much. I mean, I thought it was good and it was good, but it's I, for me, it's not Oscar. He'll probably win. Right. But basically, he sounds like Batman. Right. Well, we uh, <laughs> have to figure out, a, you know, like whatever. So if, you, if he loses, it's your fault? Probably. Yeah. I hope so. Plus, I don't like uh, somebody who's not American coming in and telling us, uh, like, oh, I just did a character of the devil. Plus, you know, I hate when British people are playing American roles. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't understand why that's not a thing. Well, if Trump is president, why isn't he saying, why are these British people taking, why is Spider-Man British? What is happening? The last two Spider-Mans have been but, British. But you, you like it when British people, I mean, Americans do British people. No, I don't. No, but you love uh, Dick um, Van Dyke. Yeah, Dick <laughs> well, that's Van true. Dyke. But how horrible is that? He almost, you know, even if people never spoke to him again after right. that. But I, I don't like. I don't mind. But I'm saying, I don't. I don't. Uh, they're really good too. Right. All these people are really good at. Well, it. the guy that does. Um, but there's. What do you tell me? There's not one American actor who can fucking play Spider Man. Oh, I don't know. I'm not. There's not one American actor who can play Batman. Right. I, but they what want the a name. Fuck? They, they don't. Wait, well, well, there's no names for Americans. <laughs> I don't know. This is a travesty. <laughs> I have no and it idea. just continues. And all they do is give awards to these people. It's horrible. Right. And they don't give an award to Sylvester Stallone, who totally deserves it. Here's a guy that maybe he's not the best actor in the world, but he created the fucking character. He's nominated for. Right. He wrote it. That never happens. And they give it to some British twat <laughs> who's in that, that bridge of spies right. instead of giving it to Sylvester Stallone. And if you're going to give, if Amy Adams wins, which she might, uh -huh. this isn't, she's not winning for this. She's winning for body of work. Right. So if they're giving it away for body of work, like Leonardo DiCaprio in uh, that stupid remnant movie or whatever right. the fuck that was, which was his worst movie, right. then give Sylvester Stallone. I did three podcasts on this already, so I'm not going to go into this again. But I'm just saying, the guy wrote the character he's nominated for. I get he it. created it. I that's get it. never happened before. It's true. Thank um, you. That's that's a good Oscar speech right there. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, here's something I think you'll like. Let's go off. Oh, there's a couple things I wanted to tell you personally that I think you'll like. Number one. Oh, first of all, I saw Clueless the Musical. <laughs> it was made. I already did a podcast about it. I'm having Amy Heckerling on the podcast oh. in a few weeks. Oh, wow. Did you, I that's, tell you that no, I hooked up with her? that's awesome. No, we had sex, is what I'm saying. Oh. No. Uh, did I tell you that it, uh, we've been talking? No, and I did not know it's that. It's a miracle. That's it's, amazing. I know, right? So we're all very much looking forward to that. Um, the Twilight Zone is coming to Broadway. They're making a Broadway, <laughs> not a musical. Oh. Thank God. It's in London now. It's a hot ticket. I, the woman who put it together chose eight episodes out of the original, and they're doing them live, just like I used to do The Odd Couple. Oh. Uh, one of them was The Shelter. Remember that one where they have the bomb shelter? Yeah, and, of uh, course. You know, they can't decide who's going to be in it. And right. And with a real Martian, please stand up when they're in the diner. <laughs> so they're doing that on Bro and, and London, West End. It's a hot ticket. Wow. Huge hot. So they're... Pretty much That's sending so it weird. to Broadway. Uh, I also just got tickets for Beetlejuice, the musical, <laughs> on Broadway. I'm just telling you all this stuff now. It's very you know. exciting. Uh, it is exciting. I also saw King Kong. Yes. I have a friend who you would love because she um, is a big Broadway fan. Her oh, friend. I thought she was going to be a big girl, no. like that girl <laughs> that I insulted. Right. Who I still look up on because uh, she looks amazing. Uh -huh. Does she have a boyfriend now? What's that girl's no name? No idea, Erica. I Erica. No idea. She's she just is always posting pictures of herself. So that's what I would do if I lost a hundred pounds. So who's this girl? Is she good looking? Yeah, oh, but I that's like not her. the point. The she's point single? is she's really nice. Yeah, she's single. But she but that's also not well, the now, point. Wait a the second. point is well, she I loves always need musicals. people to come to see musicals with me. That's what I'm saying. Um, it's very it's very difficult. I just always last minute bring this girl from work all the time. I need somebody to go with. Well, I'll let her know. 
I'm How like, old is she? Like, she? I don't know. She's in her 20s. Ah, yeah. She can't be in her 30s. Maybe she's. I 30. mean, the I girl know. that I bring from the office is 23. So right. it's okay. No, I, I know. I know for you, it's fine. I don't know if she'd be into it. But anyway, she also tells me about musicals. And her, her friend does a puppeteering for, for King Kong. For King Kong. You know, you should see. I saw it for 60 bucks. Yeah. You should totally go. Right. Because the puppet is the best part, obviously. It's the only reason you go. The right. musical is the worst I've ever seen. Right. Music's bad. The acting is bad. The dancing is bad. Everything about it is bad. But that puppet and watching the puppeteers right. fly around the puppet yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah. It's like when I saw Rocky. It's the same thing. You know, right, It's like right. just that last 20 minutes was totally worth it. Would you worth... bring a kid? Like, would Varen be able to go to that or is it too scary? No, Varen could definitely go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, no, she'd love it. She's cool. She's cool, but she's still, you know, she's still. Nah, cool. nah. I think you could totally bring. You know I think she'd love it. I mean, I, that's good. You know, you know, that reminds. It's funny. She, you know, she's she likes. She's like, I want to watch scary movies and whatever. And then a couple of months ago, she saw Muppets Most Wanted. Right? Did you ever see Muppets Most Wanted? It's the one where like Kermit. There's like a Russian Kermit. Who's no? Like, I never saw that one. It's it's, it's like a recent it's a later Muppet. one. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's you know, it's not whatever. the Happy Land Murders. No, no, that's a different thing. No, it's like so. It's like there's this Russian. It's basically Kermit with a mustache, yeah, right? Yeah. It's ridiculous. I, I do like that. Right. Remember, he used the mustache from Muppets Take Manhattan. Right, right, right. So it's kind of like that, but he's, you know, and he doesn't say much, except when he speaks, he speaks in a Russian accent. <laughs> it's funny. It's a funny gag. But that the, that Russian Kermit freaked her the hell out. Really? Like, she could not sleep for weeks. She would just picture in her mind that Russian Kermit just staring at you, like, with the mustache, and it freaked her out. Well, And, it, you know, it's like, she can watch King other Kong things, and she's fine. <laughs> But then, Listen, for I understand. some reason, you know, I had this problem with Margaret Hamilton for the longest time, uh, <laughs> not when she was in her witch costume, but the actual Margaret Hamilton. <laughs> There's the funniest thing, and I haven't played it on the podcast yet, but if people know how I'm obsessed with Margaret Hamilton. I have that joke where I auditioned for Hamilton. I thought it was a story of Margaret Hamilton, but I've been obsessed with her for a long time because I was always afraid of Margaret Hamilton. Not that her character of the Wicked Witch of the West would show in my window, but that Margaret Hamilton would at right, the beginning, right. which was much scarier than the actual witch. When somebody's in makeup and they're playing a witch, right. I'm okay with that. But she was so disgusting and disturbing. Did she have a mole? Is like no, she didn't have a mole. Okay. She was just a uh, you know scary looking, right. and talked weird, right. you know, at the, the beginning when it's in black and remember, white, it's terrifying. So, uh, so then she started doing Mr. Coffee commercials in the '70s, and that used to scare me. And I was always thinking, like, why did they decide to make her the Mr. Coffee spokesman? Why Margaret Hamilton, you know, 40 years later? And then I was thinking it was guys like me who were older, who were afraid by the witch, and they had to keep drinking coffee to stay awake so they wouldn't have nightmares. <laughs> and that's what made them think of Margaret Hamilton. That's the one thing. That's what I came to with my assumption, right? So um, anyway, there's this clip, and I'll, I'll find it next time. I could find it now, but I'm not in the mood. Um, where she is on Mr. Rogers. And the reason she goes on Mr. Rogers is she knows, and this is in the 70s, she knows that kids are scared of her right. and she wants to, so like, look, I'm a regular person, right. I'm an actress. This is 40 years yeah, later. Yeah, that's interesting. And she goes on the show and Mr. Rogers has her on and she gets another costume to show that she's an actor. But the fact of the matter is it's still terrifying <laughs> because there's something about her right. that is disturbing. And the way she's sitting with Mr. Rogers and talking to him, the way they're polite to each other mm -hmm. is disturbing still. <laughs> so there's poor, no way for this poor woman, who's probably the loveliest woman, to win. And if she was here right now, I'd still be terrified of her. I don't know. She's just a scary. There's something. I guess it's that. I don't think it's the witch thing. It's just her. Maybe. More coffee, dear? <laughs> you know, you know, Maxwell has coffee. Some of the finest <laughs> coffee you'll ever see. Sounds like Jimmy Stewart. It does sound like a female <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Or Don Notch or something. Well, that's exactly right, Andy. <laughs> yeah.
and Thelma Lone, to take Thelma Lone to the dance tonight. Andy, and me. So, um, anyway, I, um, I found this, uh, did you know I had Adam Schlesinger on the show, too? Did I tell you that? Yeah, you told me that. You guys, yeah. You know, he did the, uh, the, uh, seller show. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Last time. But wait, did Mickey Dolenz, he didn't come. No, Mickey right? Dolenz didn't come, but he uh, sang this really good. But, so I'm trying to get Adam, he, he, if he's in town, he'll come and do that thing you do. Because it's the Oscar that was nominated for an Oscar, so it'd be perfect. <laughs> anyway, today I was listening to this song. This is so fucking funny, and only bought to you by the Nightfly, the Dave Just Go podcast. See if you can guess what the song is. It's a deep cut. All right, now there's a, right now. I think my listeners might think they know what this is. It could be like 80 songs from 1982. All right. Now, now I'm going to play, I don't know whether I should play the other one that it, that is the reason it sounds exactly like it or whether I should continue this song. Okay. Maybe once the vocals come in. Know what it is? I, I would say Blondie, That's but exactly I don't know this. I don't know no, the song. I don't know the song either. I just heard it today for the first time. Right. It is Blondie. I'm getting to that point. Okay. Now this is the song which I'm pretty sure my listeners will pick up on. It's the exact same song. <laughs> this is not one. What do you say when there are no words? Know what it is yet? Feel a song that's never been heard. You guys, do you know what it is yet? How do you know when you hear the call? I know most of my listeners know what it is. <laughs> what do you do when you've done it all? <laughs> Cannonball. Oh. Cannonball. 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 Woo! The Cannibal Run coming at you, 1981. That Deborah Harry song, I think, came out the same year. So either somebody ripped somebody off. Right. It's funnier to know that think that Blondie, like, you know, we should do something like the Cannibal Run song. I'd like to think of it. That's the way it works. Maybe. I mean, instead of Ray Stevens ripping off Blondie, but if you think of Huey Lewis, I was going to say right, right, Ghostbusters. So Ghostbusters ripped off Huey Lewis. Right. So. It's probably that Ray Stevens ripped off that Blondie. Right. Nobody knows War Child. <laughs> and well, plus you got to crank up, you know, you get hired for the job of coming up with a song for a movie. You got like 10 minutes to do it. So I know, like, but it's the same year. This is the every Right, right. It's that. Yeah. Cannonball. <laughs> Cannonball. Cannonball. 
funny. Yeah. Isn't that great? That Ray Stevens. That must have been his last hit. <laughs> Cannonball. What's in the devil of in the ass? What do you say when there are no words? Uh, yeah, I'd pretty much say that was his only hit, or did he have more? Maybe I don't know. No, he had a ton. About. He was a big popular guy. He had that streaker song. They called oh, my him God, that was him? Yeah. Oh, my God, I totally remember that song. He had a bunch. Wait, I'm going to get it. Do you really want to go there? Is yeah, the question, cause... I do. And he had uh, he had a Christmas one that was really popular. What was that one? Because I, I remember the song. And they call out the street. Woo! <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was a goof. Yep, Ray Stevens. 74. That was so goddamn popular. Yep. Why was that popular? Streaking was popular. Yeah. Did he make it popular or did he do it after the fad happened? That's a good question. Remember there was a streaker in the Oscars? Hello, everyone. Yeah. This is your action uh, David news reporter with all the news right behind the David Niven. Right. on the scene at the supermarket. There seems to have been some disturbance here. Pardon me, sir. Did you see what happened? I can't believe they used to make records like this. This is like, um, you know, what's that guy who does the Mr. Jaws? Mr. Jaws? Yeah. And Energy Crisis 74. Oh, oh. Boogity boogity. That's where the two pagos flying off the head. If this was 74, I seem to remember it when I was in junior high, but that's not right. This is way before I went to junior high. Maybe it was just popular for a really long time. It was How a, can that be? You guys, I remember it as a kid. That would have been late, even later. Yeah, exactly. So it says 74. No, it probably was, but it, I, yeah, I think it lasted a while. Can you fucking imagine? It lasted a while? <laughs> How the fuck is that even possible? I don't know. Oh, my God. Ray Stevens, everybody. Um, oh, so let me just say, I uh, went to Tell's birthday last week, and um, I, I got laryngitis. Something happened. I was drinking. Couldn't talk at all. It was, like, really bad. Um, but we had a really good time. So last year, Attell took us to his new apartment, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, you know, renovated. It's been a year. He's still working on it. It's just <laughs> like that editing thing I told you about, Memo. <laughs> right. The guy can't make a decision. He shouldn't be involved with the decision. He's got this guy, Modi, helping him fix up his apartment, right. the comic. Yeah. And I don't know what that guy's doing, but if he's just like he is with the editing, then he's never going to have that apartment fixed. Right, right. It's so weird. It's been exactly a year. What, where is he living in? Is he living in it? No, he's living in his old place, which he can't seem to dump, so he's got two... You know, money losing right. things. He's and it's driving him crazy. Right. And it's just funny. But he had all these really good jokes. I wrote them down this time, like kind of. First of all, he we went to Don Giovanni's for dinner, which is the old improv. Yeah, it's where Woody Allen started, right? The improv? No, Don Giovanni's on the West Side in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. But that's not where Woody Allen started. Wait, the, that has a brick wall, right? Yeah, which is the improv. Right, so so he oh, maybe Woody Allen started. Yeah, I don't he know. started. He wasn't so, part of our group. No, no, but Roland and J- Jaffe, right? When yeah. they found him, and he was a writer, and they were like, they I feel was, like the improv wasn't around when he well, was doing it, comedy. Maybe it wasn't called the improv, but they would there would be stand up comedy there, and they would send him there on Monday nights, and he would he would go there and bomb because he was horrible. Oh, and he would go there and and he would suck, and he'd be like, I want to quit, and they'd be like, Do it next. Are week. you sure? Yeah, yeah, I read his biography. 
And and if you go in the restaurant, I thought there was a plaque that had his name on it for like it had a bunch of comics like. Robin well, it definitely Williams has the comics. So, but we were trying to think if the wall was moved or whether that actually was the wall because we think it went further back. But for some reason, Intel uh, wanted to eat there. Its food's okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just special. odd yeah, that he yeah. wanted to eat there because right next door, my friends own a place called Etc. And I was like, we could. T- it's the same Italian food, and we can be taken care of there. Right. But he didn't want to go. It was weird. Respect is a strange uh, guy. The, so, the um, so. My friend Bob Golden, who's been on the show, but you know him. I know Bob. He has a place in the Hamptons, and he goes, "We should all go out there." And Russ goes, "We should get a helicopter and go out there." I think if we all get it, it's not that <laughs> it's not that expensive. And he goes, "Well, do you mind if I tell you, do you mind if we pick up my mother on the way and uh, we, just, we just let a hook out and just be like, am I going to heaven?'" <laughs> so that was a good one. And then uh, we're like, "Dave, why is it taking?" so long for your stupid apartment to get going. He goes, well, I hired a contracting school, so um, they're just learning how to uh, contract this. <laughs> so those were the gags from uh, that night, which I wanted to... Are you going to use them about. on the Oscar show? Oh, are you going to do the no. um, that thing you do DVD extra joke on the mm. Oscar show? Because as your manager, I would recommend against it. But. Oh, against it? <laughs> Nobody likes gay humor anymore? No, it just it's, it's not the gay humor. <laughs> Nobody knows what you're talking about. Uh, you know, what I've found is I don't do any stand-up anymore, and people seem to really appreciate it. They do like it when you don't do that. Yeah, so I just have Rick Chrome MC it. You haven't been to the last two, so I didn't I've go to that. changed my style of uh, doing it, so there's no so issue. So you're not emceeing it between the... Oh, look at that. No, I find other things for myself to do because, um, well, you I know, see. you've seen me do stand-up. There's no reason <laughs> to explain it to you. I understand. Uh, okay, in the news today... Uh, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue will now come out in May. Oh. Do you know how... When you, does it usually come February. out? February. Oh. It's the best. It comes after right after the Super Bowl where you're not expecting it, <laughs> and then everybody's talking about it, and it gives you this nice little like, oh, I forgot, and then it's out, and then you know everybody's talking about the cover or whatever and how many covers came up and could be on at one time or whatever, and then you go in, and then you, you know, you're afraid to buy it, but then you buy somebody has it in the office or something, <laughs> and you look through, and it's always great, but it's like it was a perfect time, February, nothing's going on. It made sense for Sports Illustrated to come out. If they're still going to do the issue, I'm saying I thought they were going to say they were going to cancel the issue in this day and age i thought it had been canceled decades no, ago. no it's still their highest selling thing they in fact they're going under they're looking for a buyer sports illustrated <laughs> they got they got nothing right. except for the swimsuit issue why they want to wait till may they're like well may it's more appropriate for swimsuits i i think they're caving to the me too movement the fun of that issue was that it did come out in february well, how how would that change the me too i mean whether it's well february if it comes out may. in may then it makes sense that you'd have a swimsuit issue it doesn't seem as uh, sexist because it's like well no what are We're you talking about no it's our outfits. swimsuit issue because it's May you know it's summertime so people want to see the outfits yeah so it doesn't seem as sexist when it's very clear right. this was and it's funny that this was popular when there's internet porn when there's Playboy is or it there popular was. is it swimsuit issue? I don't it's think I've just seen one lying around in ages it's still just as popular because those girls are great but who Kate Upton yeah I, I mean she married a an astro <laughs> <laughs> she married a, a World Series champion. You know these girls. That's the thing. They they use it to get married. Right. I'm kidding. I I don't know what they you know whatever they're doing. Right. But I think they had this. Um, you know they've been using plus size models now too. Oh, well, that's this girl Ashley something or other. She's a, I'd be all right with her. You yeah. Know, I, I don't care. I don't have a problem. You with would that. accept. But you know for that magazine, I'd, I'd rather not have. A... Hmm. Uh, also, um, this is the first time the issue is not coming since 1964. Oh. So you can see why I'm mad. Yeah. That's my birth year. Oh, right. Uh, 
a thief stole some Girl Scout cookie money when these girls had a stand out in Woodbridge Center, where I'm from, okay. Woodbridge, New Jersey, Woodbridge Center. And I know when they were saying it, they're like, we were set up by the Chick-fil-A over in the section by the Chick-fil-A. Now, that Chick-fil-A, I think, is the only Chick-fil-A, it's been there since the 80s, in the tri-state area, <laughs> okay. before they built three Chick-fil-A's here in Manhattan. Right. And when I was working in the mall in the 80s as a young boy, that Chick-fil-A was there, and that was always the seedy area. And I've been there recently, and it's still the seedy area. I don't know why the Girl Scouts set up there. There's plenty of other places in the mall where you're not going to get robbed. Why set up in front of the Chick-fil-A? Anyway, this guy, people are furious, you know. But meanwhile, I... So you're saying it's the girls' fault. I'm saying it's the Girl Scouts' fault. I see. Plus, I hate the Girl Scouts. Their cookies stink. Wow. They don't seem to get it. People buy it out of guilt or whatever, but the cookies are not as delicious as they were in the 70s because they're worried about fats and they're worried about that. If you're selling a cookie once a year, fuck that shit and just sell cookies that are delicious so everybody can indulge once a year. But people, like, seek them out. I think people like the cookies. They like the thin mints. The other rest of the cookies stink. But last year they came out with a beautiful new cookie called a s'mores cookie, and it was delicious. They didn't seem to... They took away, like, all right, this is fattening. And I'm like, thank you. And um, so it was great. But then they ran out. And when I ordered them... The girl from my office was like, oh, they ran out and they don't have them. I'm like, what? I just bought 30 boxes of that. And they're like, oh, I got to give you your money back. And I'm like, oh, my God. I hate the Girl Scouts. I hate them. And so then. So you're the guy that stole the money. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I knew where they were located. Okay. Um, However, (laughs) it was a lot of money. Oh, and here's the thing. These idiot girls, these Girl Scouts are so fucking stupid. The reason why they were trying to make money was to go on a trip to Savannah, Georgia, okay. where the Girl Scout headquarters is. Now, if they told me they were trying to go to Disney World or Los Angeles, I'd be like, oh, if you're trying to make a trip or raise money to go to Savannah, Georgia, you're an idiot. And whoever is in charge of that Girl Scout troop is an idiot as well. Wait, because you don't think anybody should ever be going to Savannah, Georgia? That's right. Even though the headquarters of their organization that they love is there. Yeah, what's in that headquarters? What's going on there? Nothing. It's like going to the Edison Tower. I live in Edison, New Jersey. I'm from Edison, New Jersey. Right. And they have a tower built for Thomas Alva Edison. Right. In that tower, there is nothing. There's nothing. There's not the phonograph. There's not the movie projector. That all moved to West Orange. Yeah, but it's Savannah. There's nothing in that stupid thing. I guarantee there's nothing at that stupid Girl Scout headquarters. You, you tell oh, me- here's the winner of <laughs> uh, from the 1941 Girl Scout troop uh, cookie sales. Well, maybe there was Who like cares? a well, maybe it was like a convention or something. No, there's no convention. They're no. idiots. Obviously, whoever's in charge should be brought up on charges for finding the location of Woodbridge Center <laughs> and for sending the girl. Hey, we're going to go to Savannah, and those girls are probably like, what? <laughs> That's what we're saving money for? Are you kidding? It's an interesting. I'd rather save money to buy everything in that Chick-fil-A <laughs> and eat that for a week and a half. Right. Again, you're just incriminating yourself with all this. <laughs> now, when I was in Orlando last week, I didn't say this part, next door to my friend Katie, these girls were selling Girl Scout cookies in front of their house with their mother there at a table. And I'm like, and I saw them. I was waving to them as I drove in. And then I immediately, I was like, I texted my friend, Kate, can I come through the garage? Because I don't want to get suckered into buying Girl Scout cookies because I didn't have any change. Um, or I didn't want to use my change. I don't know. I didn't have cash. Right. But I did have cash. I just didn't want to be suckered into buying Girl Scouts because what am I, I going to eat them or where am I going to bring them? I don't know. So I just, but then 
her girls came in and like, we want to buy a Girl Scout cookies. She's like, oh, I was going to go out and buy some. And she gave him money, but there was a problem. So then I had to go out with her and buy the Girl Scout cookies. And then one of their kids. And then so they had the s'mores cookies. And I'm oh. like, oh, I'll get that. But in Florida, they make them different. How? What? I don't know. They're not the same. How do it's you just like chocolate on top of a cookie. The other one had marshmallow and stuff in it. They, they, I don't know. They change it for location. Really? Yeah, they've done this for years. The lemon They're cookies regional? are better. They're regional. What? It's hard to find certain cookies in certain places. Huh. I don't know how they do their surveys. Somewhere in Savannah, Georgia, right. somebody's doing a survey. I'm like, you know what they like in Florida and Orlando is the, the flat s'mores <laughs> or whatever. Uh, it's ridiculous, you right? write to 60 Minutes and have them do like an investigative. I already have. They, right. they say, please stop writing us. <laughs> um Anyway, so the the mother of these kids is eating a salad. And I'm like, is that salad for sale? And my friend Katie is laughing. And she goes, no, it's I already ate it. <laughs> like, I, I've already been eating it. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. You're just somebody who clearly didn't get the gag. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm like, so is that salad? My friend Katie was <laughs> laughing. She even told, like, her husband went back, like, so just got tried to get to her to sell the salad, you know, like, and she just did not understand. Like, you know, like, I mean, the reason why Katie and I are friends is because she know, she likes my comedy because we met at a comedy club. Right. She was a waitress at uh, Catch a Rising Star. But it's funny when you go next door and the person just doesn't get it at all. Ooh, that salad looks good. How much is that going for? Oh, no, this isn't for sale. <laughs> this is in Orlando. Yeah. So they're just like nice average Americans. Who oh, they're nothing but nice. Don't but, understand uh, your comedy. How do they not understand that comedy? <laughs> That's hilarious. How much you go? How much you go for that salad? <laughs> salad looks delicious, and it was a good looking salad. You should have just stolen it like you stole the money from. The <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Look, I stole that money in an effort to get them a real trip, right? Somewhere like Disney World or Disneyland or anywhere else but Savannah, Georgia. How about Atlanta, Georgia? Yeah, Savannah. Sure. I'll send and people I hate. I send to Louisville, Kentucky, as you know. Um, the Hall of Fame. Uh, they decided who was going to be in the Hall of Fame yesterday. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Uh, and Mariana Rivera from the Yankees, the legendary closer, the greatest closer of all time, was the first person to ever get in un- unanimously. I was going to say anonymously. Uh, wow, really? <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? No one has ever gotten in where every person who votes on who goes into the yeah. Hall of Fame has said yes. Really? There's always one douchebag like um, Ty Cobb. The guy from San Francisco uh-huh. uh, when uh, Jason, uh, was it Jason DeGrom won the Cy Young Award from the Mets last year mm-hmm. and there was one douchebag who said he shouldn't go. So Steve Summers on the fan, the local sports station here, had the guy on, and he goes, what the fuck is the matter? And the guy hung up. He's like, this, com- this conversation's over. <laughs> so then he looks like even more, like, he's obviously a dick who right. can't take it. And he obviously did it to be a dick. Right. But it, with this case, after all these years, wow. nobody was a dick, and everybody agreed this guy deserves in the first ballot. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I, didn't, I was like, what? How can that be? Yeah. We said really Mickey bizarre. Mantle. There was some well, right. like, uh, nah, this guy doesn't deserve it. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, I, I don't understand so how that could Babe be Ruth either. Babe Ruth was not unanimously. I don't know how that worked back then. I don't know how long this has been around, right. but let's just say in the modern era, like, you right. know, I don't know this Joe DiMaggio. Was he really good? Right, right. I mean, really? Can we really check all the boxes? Apparently, there's, I, I'd, I'd like to look more into that. Like, yeah, yeah like, um, I mean, who's an? I mean, I feel like is somebody going to vote against Derek Jeter? 
Do, do you know uh, what I mean? He's, yeah. he's due, I think, next year. Okay. Now, there's no way he's not getting in. Right. But is there going to be one douchebag? And if that there is one douchebag, shouldn't that guy be asked to leave the voting? I don't know how the... Do you like, Where's his voting saying Derek Jeter doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame? Do you know and I hate the, the Yankees! Is it a yes or no thing? Like, you check yes or no? Or is it like you rank them and maybe he's the first guy to get all number ones or something? You know? That could, you know what? That could be a two. Because that would make that more could sense. be a two. That that could make more sense. So here are the other guys that got in: uh, Roy Holiday, who's dead now, uh, totally deserving. Edgar Martinez, I'm not so sure about that. He's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike Messina, who should not be in. That's my theory. But here's who didn't make the list. One that makes me very unhappy, but he could have replaced any of the two other guys. And two that make me happy that I can't even believe they were like six and seven, because mm-hmm. I never want them in the Hall of Fame. I'm talking about Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. Do they belong in the Hall of Fame? Do they deserve it? Yes, but fuck them. How can you put those guys in the Hall of Fame? We know they were on steroids. They were cheating. Right. It's a fact. Right. How do you put them in the Hall of Fame? Just keep them out. Why are they even on the list? Are there any people in the Hall of Fame that were caught using steroids? I think so at this point. Is, what's up with Mark McGuire? That's, I think he always gets off. The ballot, just like these guys. Sooner or later, they won't be eligible, and then we'll be done with them. I, I don't want them in the Hall of Fame. Do you? Right. I mean, it's unfortunate the guy who holds the home run record is, you know, right. is not going to get in the Hall of Fame. But fuck him. Right. You know, I mean, he sucks. But Kurt Schilling should replace Edgar Martinez or Mike Messina because yeah, yeah. Kurt Schilling is the greatest. I've talked about it in my talk show, my talk, my podcast, um, because Kurt Schilling is cool, but he's. Uh, like a Trump guy and a Christian, and I guess he said some stuff that keeps him off the ballot. <laughs> I think it's his person, right. personality, whatever. Right. Meanwhile, I think he's way awesome. I think what he did is way awesome, and as long as he doesn't say, I hate the Jews or I hate the blacks, <laughs> I think you let him in um, like quickly because he's amazing. And I talked about this before. Here's a guy that came off a World Series winning ring with Arizona and said, you know what? You know what I want to do next? I want to go to the Red Sox and help them win a World Series. Right. And, and then he did it. Right. Yeah. S- almost single-handedly, not single-handedly, but that bloody sock game and everything. I mean, he was there. He pitched through what he did. He did what he came to do. Right. And he definitely propelled them to get this monkey off their crazy back and win a World Series after all these years. How does this guy not get? Or are we just prejudiced against the Yankees? Mike Messina also played for the Yankees. Edgar Martinez played for the Mets. Roy Holiday. Well, he played for the Blue Jays and the Phillies, but uh, it's all Yankees. How do you not put Kurt Schilling in? I, I mean, it's like it, it seems you. like some sort of conspiracy. Um, I think they should have me vote. Yeah, I think they should. Yeah, and just you and no one else. Well, that's what I was thinking, but I didn't want to be rude about it. It makes sense. Oh, there's one other thing. I I had this um, article. I if, High Times. It, no, it, it. Well, they're talking about all these new buildings and how the skyline is going to change in yeah. 2020. Right. They're building all these new buildings, uh, you know. That are like super tall, yeah. Super tall. And okay, so. As... Right. Like that one right by my house here, like on 57th Street, like that you new tall one they oh, have out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're. So, is this. Uh, it's this. Oh, it's this one. So, at. Um, they're t- well, first of all, they're talking about 220 Central Park, 220 Central Park West, 220 Central Park South, which I used to go to because that's where Camille Grammer and my friend Steve lived. Right. And we'd always watch the marathon from there. They just said, this is so weird. Think about this. Um, today, uh, this billionaire just bought 
he paid two hundred and thirty-eight million for a, a twenty-four thousand square foot apartment. The most get this, the most expensive home sale in U.S. history. <laughs> but I don't know. Two hundred and thirty-eight well, million doesn't sound like a lot. Well, maybe it's per square foot. You know what I mean? Maybe it's like. Per no, square no, it foot. doesn't say that. No, paid about two hundred thirty million for a twenty-four thousand dollars square foot apartment. There, it doesn't say it's per square foot. I I don't see how two hundred thirty-eight million is the most expensive apartment ever, or house, or whatever it is. Uh, it's you know, it seems a like a lot of money. But yeah, I know, but we've heard. Have we in Manhattan? There's nothing more than that. You know, I mean, listen, that's a lot to us. I hear two million and it's a lot. You're talking well, about 238? Right. I guess two million is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm not thinking, but it just doesn't seem like that much in this day and age, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean, you know, my cousin could buy that apartment. You right. know, like, whatever. I think I think he bought the Devils for just a couple hundred million more. <laughs> you right, know? Right. I mean, it's just, it's fascinating. Anyway, so they're talking about making these buildings. I'm looking for what it is. Is it the Central Park Tower? No, it sounds horrible. Um, no, no. Here's the horrible part. Uh, I'm looking. I, I can barely see anymore. I need my glasses since the... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where is it? I, I just saw one. They're, they're talking about all these ones that they're building. And one of them, they're all residential ones. And one of them is 111 stories. Right. Now, Attell probably lives in the highest floor that I know that somebody lives on, which is like the 35th floor. Wow. Okay. And I'm terrified in his apartment. Right. He's got a lot of windows overlooking the water <laughs> and the tunnel, and it's it's very beautiful with a very tiny balcony that's terrifying. Right. It's too high for me. Yeah, yeah. Now, I live on the 10th floor, and I'm scared here when I hear wind. Well, that lady died next door, so there's that. The one who jumped off the yeah. roof? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm afraid to be on this floor, and I'm only 10 stories. Right. I don't know why anyone would want to live live above 20. Yeah. And even that's too high I, to I, live on. I get it. To work there, maybe, but to live on, it's too high. It's yeah. too much. No, I and, get and it. And in this post-9-11 exactly. world, are you crazy? Why are they building taller? It's post nine eleven. Look at these. Look at this picture. Pure ego. I know. Look at the, look at this one. No, I know. It makes no sense. I and just imagine the next. You know, there's going to be a hurricane or a blackout. That's or what I'm saying. With the hurricanes you coming, get stuck. ones that we haven't even right. come up with yet because of global warming. Right, exactly. Ones our parents never warned us about. Right, exactly. Ones that clearly the people that built the subway systems right. that that didn't expect. Right. Like it seems like these people with forward thinking who built the subway systems <laughs> exactly. were like so smart but they just never well it's not going to rain that hard (laughs) you know it's like I mean it's like it's like a joke it's like they're building these things like well what's a real hurricane or or what uh, what another plane's going to (laughs) go I mean I could this thing is so high right a regular commercial jet could fuck up right a helicopter could fuck up sure um, you know, a, a drunk Lenny Dykstra could go into that in a private plane. I mean, this is ridiculous. Why would you want to live there? If I was a kid, I'd be terrified every day. Oh, the, as yeah. an adult, I'd be terrified every day. I get. I it. can't sleep when it's windy outside. When I hear it howling, I think the building is going to fall over. At that at that height, I'm sure you actually can literally oh, it see the building swaying. It's you just, can hear it swaying. Right, right. I used to work on the 88th floor of the World Trade Center, <laughs> right. and when it was a cloudy, windy day. 
you could hear it swaying, and I was terrified, and that was only my workplace. Right, right. The 88th floor, you can actually see the curves of the goddamn earth while you're at work. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. It was ridiculous. I don't understand either. So I don't want to work on that higher floor, or is it just me? Because I'm, am I afraid of heights? No, nobody. Who would want to live there? No, it doesn't make. Or like when the power goes, you have to climb down all those stairs. Can you imagine? Like that's insane. If a plane were to hit like the World Trade Center, you'd be fucked. You're just doomed. You're not going to be able to get down the stairs quick enough. Unless they have like a fire pole. Yeah, well, that's what they should have built in the World Trade Center. But meanwhile, (laughs) half of those people wouldn't be able to take those fire poles. Speaking of yesterday with the nets. My friend John O is usually there. sits next to us, but he, for some reason, this guy's always there. He wasn't there last night, but his girlfriend was, and she's great. She works on movies. She, what movies did she tell me she worked on? A, oh, she was, goes all the way back. She was working. She's working on a new Jennifer Lopez movie about a strippers or something. And I'm like, you know, uh, I'm free if you want me to come by. The uh. anyway, uh, Jennifer Lopez is going to be a stripper now. Or she's playing a stripper's mother. You know, trying to because I think she's my age. Uh, anyway. So she's like, well, I asked a friend to come, so I thought it was going to be like a hot girl. But um, no, she's like, it's a dude, and he's really fat, and I'm afraid he's not going to be fit, fat, you know, sit in the chair. So the entire time, I'm pointing at all these guys, is that him? Is that him? And she's like, no, I should never have told you he was big. <laughs> and I'm like, you probably should have. Yeah. Because just like with the midget right. um, thing right. again. Oh, how's your bar doing, by the way? <laughs> it's doing all right. I haven't been there in a long time. Uh, yeah, solid state. By. Yeah, you should awesome come by. Place. We got a, a we we made it to um, Thrillist's list of like best beer bars in New York. Yeah, hey, that's fantastic. That's a good thing. Yeah, and that wasn't even the plan from the beginning. It was the pinball and beer. Yeah, well, it was both. But yeah, did you? Is it decorated at all in the front now? Because it was just no. paint. Uh no, it's it literally care? hasn't. Ch- well, you, you, you'll have to ask Chris that. Like he like he just hasn't. Oh, I, I don't, he'll be mad at me again. <laughs> he get, he does get. What did you do for New Year's? Uh, I was not here, so I what I wasn't I wasn't here. I was like in Connecticut, so Connecticut. Yeah, Connecticut. What are you doing state. there? I'm um, just hanging out. Just with who? With my friend Joe. Oh, Lipstick. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh, was his do- a sister there? No, I no, I didn't see his. Sister. Is she still dating that guy? Well, they're married, but oh, yes. they're married. Yes, Is they... she still insane? Yeah, she's still kind of crazy. Why are we talking about this? Because yeah. I'm fascinated by yeah. her. You remember she was here that day that we bought over I Selena. Know. I know she was. Yeah. No, she was always pretty, and we know that the guy she's married to is a delight. He's a great guy, yeah. Yeah, which is odd because we thought he, because he was Spanish, that he would be up to something, but it turns out he <laughs> we was not. Th- I like you say, we thought. Yeah, that. yeah, you and I both thought it was uh, <laughs> suspicious. Uh, well, we, you know, we did think that at first, right? Like, who's no, this guy? I like that guy. Oh, you, because you met, I'm, oh, well, you met him right away. I was yeah. suspicious because, you know, he seemed like a playboy or something when I heard about him <laughs> until you meet him and realize right. he is a delight, yeah, that he's, he's not nice. suspicious. But you know me. I'm like up to everybody's suspicious. I, but it seemed true. like she was, you know, he's going to be like, hey, listen, baby, <laughs> I got a I got plans for us. And they're going to be big. You're going to like it. Now, how much money can you put down? You know, that's that's what I'm always thinking. Sure. And she's really pretty and, but you know, stupid. So I was worried about her. And then it turns out that th- that. He's cool, yeah, and it's amazing that he puts up with her. You yeah, know? yeah, he really works hard. He loves her. I think he does. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. now he's just fed up. But yeah, you, know. <laughs> you know, I was talking to my sister. So, my friend Rich Duffy, uh, he listens to the podcast, um, which makes me so happy. So we've been communicating. I mean, we've been Hi, friends Rich. for years. Yeah. Um, moved to Sacramento. I was supposed to go out to San Francisco to see Rachel at the Punchline, uh, but then I started to do the show instead. So I canceled. This was on President's Day weekend. So I was going to go visit her. I've told everybody in the podcast, right? I was going to go visit this girl that I knew, but she died. Oh. I know. Wait, did you date her? Yes. You're kidding. 
Yeah, uh, you know what I'm going for. Yeah, I thought she had committed suicide because we looked her up on the thing and it didn't give a reason why. But I talked to her mother and I found out it was not a suicide. She had so fallen. Uh, oh, she had fallen. You fallen oh. like a, like on a staircase or something and broke her head open or whatever. And then years, a couple of years later, she was going through that. And she was getting better. A curtain rod fell at her head. <laughs> but I know I was laughing when her mother told me. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but I mean that is, I mean that's girl clearly had some bad luck, you know. Right. <laughs> I mean that's you know, a curtain rod fell. It's like falling on the glass table and then a curtain rod falls on my ass again somehow. Right. You know, like oh, what a week I'm having. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so she died. So I'm like, all right, postpone. Anyway, my friend was telling me like, um, that his mother, I didn't know. I, last week I was having trouble cause I always say when I do the setup for the, uh, for the shows, I'm like, the, the show is set. It will be me, McCluskey, Salazzo. I couldn't remember Salazzo. It was from the Godfather. Oh. And I couldn't remember the name and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so over that movie. At this point, because it, you know, we, I oversaturated myself right, with it right. that I can't even remember the lines anymore. Wow. And so my friend Rich called me, and I didn't even know this. His mother, who I also known for years, you know, since we were kids, um, her last name was McCluskey, <laughs> <laughs> which is so awesome. Huh. Um, oh, so what I was saying was, his daughter won't talk to him because he got divorced, and she's still mad at him for getting divorced. But he ended up marrying his kind of sweetheart from years ago that he was in love with but she wouldn't marry him because she was jewish and he wasn't okay so you know it just worked out and you know they were married him and his wife were married for a long time they had a kid and then you know i guess it didn't work out and then he was able to actually get married to this girl that he had always wanted to marry but she wasn't available so I was telling my sister about this because she, you know, it's funny. I've heard this story a hundred times. And when she was interviewing people to see if she should marry Matt because he wasn't Jewish because she only wanted to marry a Jew. I mean, this was her plan since I can remember when she was in sixth grade. I was in eighth grade or she was in fourth, I was in sixth. And I said, are you telling me you fall in love because he's not Jewish? You're right. not going to get married? She goes, that's right. That's right. And until the day, I mean, whenever it was when they got married, I mean, she goes, no, nope, I'm getting rid of Matt. New Year's Day, he's out. He's out. He moved. He was devastated. And he was in love with my sister. And she was like, nope, not Jewish. I'm kicking you out. <laughs> I mean, she stuck to her guns. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you are so dumb. So she's interviewing these people, like Rabbi Susan, you know, Sarah's sister, like, what should I do? And Rabbi's like, well, I think you should marry a Jew. And she goes, oh, I didn't expect you to say that. She's just <laughs> looking for the answer. Like, don't right. marry Matt. You know, like, but she's trying to get an opinion, trying to get an opinion. Then she talks to one of our old next door neighbors who, like Rich, married this guy because he was Jewish. They didn't get along. I mean, they had got along for 20 years. Right. And then when she got divorced, dated the guy she wanted to marry from the beginning who wasn't Jewish. And now they're still married. Wow. And, you know, and the guy's lovely and everything, you know, whatever. And this, we found these stories when my sister was looking around. And everybody, and everybody was divorced, and then ended up marrying the person they wanted to marry 20 years before. Right, right. Marrying. It's not like you're fooling around with some 20-year-old right, right. whore or right. something. That's why <laughs> I, I'm upset with the, you know, I've met his daughter before. She's nice, and I don't understand. You know, it's not like he's fooling around and be like, and here's your new mother. She's younger than you. You're all right, <laughs> baby. You know what I'm talking about. Right, and right. This is the girl. I, met, I met her years ago. I knew they loved each other. But, right. you know, this Jewish thing, it's horrible. Nowadays, I don't think it matters, but there's still, but so my sister, I told her, I was like, you know, you got it right. 
you got it right. You did the right thing. You, you, you said, fuck that, because this exact thing would happen to you. Right. Like, she's like, well, you don't know. Matt might be in Matt. I'm like, yeah, but he probably would, if he knew you were single, he'd probably get divorced <laughs> right. and then marry you, right. you know? Right. And then, you know, you, you'd, you'd probably have the same outcome as you have right now. You'd probably still be married. You'd have different kids. Right. But you'd still have kids. And but and you'd still be you'd be married to Matt now at this point probably right, because right. this is the way it would work. But you cut out the the twenty years of middlemen, and they have a very <laughs> successful marriage, a very happy marriage. They're very happy together, um, because she said, what, "Let me go with my heart, right, and right. not the religion." That's, that's which was hard for her because she loves being Jewish, and she. You know, my mother, forget that, right? And that's when, <laughs> when someone, my mother was so depressed that she was marrying somebody who wasn't Jewish. I've told this story before. She goes to her mother on her, like, deathbed. It's, a, it's a bad news. That's marrying a guy who's not Jewish. And she goes, what's the difference? I hated being Jewish anyway. <laughs> and she's like, 100. I'm dying. No one cares, Rhoda. Yeah. And it's funny. When you're dying, you think you do get more religious. I remember hearing that about Groucho Marx. And he got more he was religious. Dying, he got more religious. I think this happens a lot. He was very worried about Israel. They were talking about this in his like biography. He was like very worried about the Jews and their flight and stuff. I think. I think. Well, of course, it seems like you grab onto something when you're dying, right? Because that's why we're religious, right? The afterlife, right? What happens when you die? What do we need to believe, right? So I think that's what happens. But the right move is to really just not care. That's the funny thing is because the Jews are told to, even though we're no fun. They're told to live in the moment. It's true. This is I can the never time. figure out the Jewish religion because why it's so are we different. so disappointed and, and so miserable? Right. right, right. We're talking about now, the here and now. We never talk about the afterlife. Right. So why aren't we more fun? Well, isn't it because I was thinking of like like Jewish filmmakers, right? You got Stanley Kubrick, the Coen Brothers. And... Wait, Stanley Kubrick was Jewish? Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, I really didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But then I read that. It's and like I... finding out Shatner's Jewish. <laughs> And Woody Allen, right? And they have Woody Allen's Jewish. It's true, but they have they all three of them have a very sort of like philosophically bleak view of life. Even though Excellent they're funny point. and whatever. I, didn't, I swear I'm not joking. Even right. though it sounds, I didn't know the Cohen brothers were Jewish because I thought their name wasn't spelled C O H E N. It's not. It Is isn't. It? No. Right. So I really I thought I. It was obvious, and then I heard. I thought they weren't. You positive they are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do actually. And they do like um. What's that movie? A, a serious man. Yeah. Oh and, right, that and was the about kid it. Goes to the bar. He has his uh, bar mitzvah. Everybody told me to see that one because that yeah. And, but but the whole movie. thing is about the guy sort of trying to question like, what's the point of life? You know, he's trying to like he does everything right, and everything goes wrong against him, and, yeah. and like, um, and it, it kind of like their philosophy, at least from that movie, is kind of like. Like you, you can do everything. Like it doesn't matter in the end. It's all meaningless, you right? Know? Well, that's yeah, that's definitely Woody Allen's thing. I mean, that's right. The, that's the best part about Crimes of Mr. Right. Is that um, you know, it's my favorite. That's the, that end scene. This is like the most right. well written. Exactly. Most, you know, it's just you know, I know Woody Allen. People are angry and stuff, but I mean, whatever happens, and certainly he hasn't been convicted of everything. So everybody should just fucking relax because it's a he said, she said, and the right. he said will never win. Right. The guy is a fucking miracle worker and just, I mean, and I'm just talking about crimes and misdemeanors alone. Right. And there's so much other stuff we can talk about. What he's like, what we were just talking about when he says tragedy plus time, right. how prolific is that? But that end scene with him and Martin Landau. Yeah. Yeah. And he's explaining how, you know, the sunrise and stuff like, no, but, but he wouldn't be able, I mean, the, the conversation they have, which I'm sure you appreciate because you write stuff like that. Yeah, I love it. But, but, but the moral, but in the moral, but in the judgment 
with a world without judgment, he would have to become the judgmental. He goes, "Well, you've seen too many movies, my friend." <laughs> you know, it's right. like, uh, but this is real. This right. isn't a movie. You know, right. like, every line of dialogue, and I played it before, is amazing. Yeah, and uh, it, it's and what a great, amazing end to that movie. Just the two end. That's the poster. Right. It's very rare when you see the poster of the movie be the end. Right. And it's just the two of them sitting there. And you would think from that poster, this has got to be the most boring movie that anyone's <laughs> ever seen. If you don't like or know Woody Allen, right. that poster it's would great. say, this is the stupidest movie <laughs> ever. It's just them sitting, sitting in there my living tuxedos. room. Tuxedos, <laughs> yeah. And yet that last scene is just a miracle of movie making. Yeah. Uh, even the way he's telling the story and then they cut back to you know, Alan Alder or something and then they cut back and he's through the story so you don't have to listen to it again. And he goes, and then one night, Sun is shining. He wakes up. He's surrounded by family. <laughs> the weight is lifted. Right. I mean, it's a, uh, right. you know, and and then plus his uh, that guy's brother going blind, and he's a rabbi, and it's just like right. life isn't fair, and just like you're saying, the bleak, <laughs> yeah. and that's Woody Allen's complete view right. on life completely, totally, and that movie says it all, yeah. and it's perfect. They Allen all the prospers, right, and he's a douchebag, yeah, and um, the guy that murders prospers. And the guys who are nice guys, the rabbi and Woody Allen, who's trying to be a nice guy, um, just, you know, kind of a schlub, uh, just gets shit on. Right. And that's the way the world works. Right. Clearly, otherwise, there wouldn't be a Holocaust. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that might explain a lot of what you're Which is what about. he says in Hannah and Her Sisters. <laughs> right. Well, how do I know why God created Nazis? I don't know how the can opener works. <laughs> right. I mean, his dialogue is, is unbelievable. And the fact that uh, he just does that all on his own, I think without help. Yeah. I mean that documentary they have where they show how he writes with those little pieces of paper and everything. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah, it's unbelievable. It's true. Well, that all being said, I think we can uh, call it a day. I think today I uh, will end on the uh, Cannibal Run song. Oh. I was going to end with a streak, but I just can't do it. And uh, yeah, it was enough. Of this that. song for some reason makes me happy uh, because Cannibal Run's awesome. We love the movie and. Uh, Cannibal Run two, not so much. But I got to say, did they use the same theme song? I just want to. No, I think they made it worse. <laughs> but um, I cannot tell you how many times, especially when I'm in like Florida or something, I want to get out of the car and spray paint that sign <laughs> to, uh, you know, 155. Right, <laughs> like, right. I don't know why. Just have to. And I, But you have to have this music playing if you're going to get out of the car and sure. do it, by the way. Sure. But um, anyway, that's our show for this week. I don't know what's happening next week. Next week, next week, this will come out... Oh shit, everybody! This movie this week comes out before the Super Bowl. Yep. Oh, I got screwed last week, man. God damn it! That Tom Brady did it to me again. <laughs> I was set to make a thousand bucks. I won the Rams game. I won everything. I had the Chiefs. They were all ready to win, and you knew with two minutes left he was going to bring it back. Oh my god, I hate him. And that's another thing. There it is again. You know what? I'm going to stop the music for a second. <laughs> just, let me just say this. Damn, we thought. You know we were... what I was saying to myself? I was saying it's not fair. Why does Tom Brady get all this good luck in the world when there's people that just have nothing but bad luck? Having the Patriots in the Super Bowl again is just, it's not fair. Why can't you we give somebody else a chance? Why do these guys always get to be in it? It's not fair. Why does Tom Brady get such good luck in this lifetime? Um, well, <laughs> I mean... You really want to answer Yeah, I really question. do want you to answer. Well, nobody it's really knows. frustrating. Well, I mean... <laughs> Why does God love Tom Brady so much and the goddamn Patriots? Well, it's too much. You're People you're deserve assuming, a chance. Yeah, but you're assuming God gives a shit about a football game. 
No, he doesn't. I'm saying the whole metaphor for Tom Brady and the Patriots right. is not fair for anyone else. Right. No one else deserves. And I'm not just talking about football players. I'm talking about fans. I'm talking about somebody like me who doesn't <laughs> want to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl again, right. who has a regular job and just wants to enjoy a Super Bowl that's going to be fun and not be ruined by the Patriots who have won plenty. It's and true. we know they're great. And I'm not, yes, maybe I'm a hater because I'm a Jets fan, but nobody is a Patriots hater anymore because we know that we're just in awe of this greatness mm -hmm. and you cannot not be in awe of Tom Brady and if he was here right now we'd all be kissing his ass because he is a miracle <laughs> of existence but it's just not fair anyway that all being said I'm betting the Patriots alright I'm betting the Patriots I'm not I'm I when I when they're in the Super Bowl and I root against them they lose <laughs> but when I when I root against them they win when I root for them they lose but They've never been good in the Super Bowl, but it's only two and a half points. They can usually win by three. Right. They're not playing an NFC East team, which they seem to have trouble with. The only Super Bowls they've lost are to NFC East teams. Um, right, because they didn't lose to the Seahawks. They won that game. Right. They've only lost to the Giants and the Eagles. So if it's an NFC West team, I'm going Patriots. I don't know about the over-under yet, but right now I'm going for the Patriots. Got and it. that is my plan because I will talk to you after the Super Bowl. This comes out next Tuesday. Right. right. And then we won't podcast again until after the Super Bowl. So I'll talk to you after that. And then hopefully we can put our lives on track again. I'll have my colonoscopy and everything. It'll be great. Uh, that'll be coming. In fact, I'm thinking about podcasting while I'm prepping. So I might have, you know, I'll have to keep, uh, folks, I'm going to have to take a break. I'll be right back. I mean, that'll be funny. We'll get some commercials. No, no commercials. I'll just leave it blank and then you'll hear me in the bathroom. <laughs> no, I'm not I can't do that. It's too gross. Anyway, everybody, um, I hope everybody has a great week. Remember, you have anything going on besides Sesame Street? Watch Sesame Street on HBO? Yeah, no, that's it for now. Have you you've been directing a lot of the bits on Sesame Street? I've done a few. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations on that. That's, that's awesome. Uh, Solid State, the bar in uh, Queens with the little, the little person. Please come. Uh, it's a fun place if you're in town. And obviously, if you're in town February 19th at the Comedy Cellar, come down and see the Oscar special, uh, whatever that's going to be, and we'll talk more about that next time when we see you on the podcast after the Super Bowl, which will be February wow. 2019. Everybody have a great night, and we'll see you next time on the Night Fly. Good night, everybody. Let them roll. Let them roll. From sea to shining sea.